Oh, yeah. I can see myself on my phone. Yay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to wait till some people are watching before we start yeah, right. really talking. Um, And now I can hear myself on my phone too. I can hear yourself on your phone through my computer. We're gonna have just a big echo. It's gonna be Inception. Um, Except worse. Yeah. Okay. Cool. There's other people on here now. Hi, I can't um, see who you are, but you can comment now if you're watching. All right, David. Um, before, oh, hey, Tim. Tim's here. Hey, Tim. Just tell us like the briefest bio you can give us if anybody here hasn't met you before. Okay. Uh, I am a writer and director and script supervisor, and uh, I've been writing my own scripts forever. And in order to get people to read them, which is basically impossible, I thought a great place to start would be on set working as a script soup. And uh, there, I, I, a, I learned a lot to help make my writing and directing work better, but also I met people who I could show my work to. And uh, at the very least, get feedback and notes and, and at best, get things made. So that's kind of uh, where I am now. Cool. Do you have anything you want to tell us that you're working on right now? What are you doing during quarantine? Yeah, um, I'm working on two scripts. Uh, one is, is for a, a friend who is an, an actor producer, and it's kind of a creature feature. Uh, I can't get into the specifics of what the creature is, but it's it's silly but wonderful and fun and scary. And the other is a it's a it's a true story. It's the first uh, kind of historical script I've ever written, uh, based on a true story uh, set during the Civil War. So I'm doing a, a lot of research for that right now, and that's for myself to then take out on spec and hopefully uh, you know sell and get made. Cool. So if Someone is writing their first script right now. They have extra time at home. What would be some advice you would give them? Uh, I mean, the, the first and like simplest advice is just write it. Like, don't worry about it being great. You've never seen the first draft of anybody's script ever. Uh, just, just get it out. And like my mentality for me, sitting down and writing is the hardest thing. I constantly second guess myself. So to, to, to new writers, the best advice I can give is just sit down and force yourself to write and get through it as fast as you can. That said, to to get yourself just on the right page, I would suggest first, read a couple screenplays. If you've never done it, just Google search any movie you like, script, PDF, and two out of three times, you'll be able to find it online. Just read it. And then hopefully on the page, just look at like making yours kind of look like theirs. Uh, and beyond that, um, Save the Cat is a, is a great, very accessible book. Gets a lot of flack from the industry, but it's a great book to just glance at and see like, kind of roughly the structure of your, your story. But uh, failing all else, just sit down and, and hammer it out as fast as you possibly can. Cool. So you read some of the scripts last week that we got in our challenge. Do you have any general notes that you could share for people who are watching who might have written something and submitted for that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, on a, so obviously it's a bit of a strange circumstance. They're, they're written very, very quickly. Um, but I think one thing, if you if you have scripts of your own that you're trying to sell, uh, something that will turn off a potential buyer or producer or even just reader very quickly 
is if it looks like you it, it, formatting errors. Now, some people who wrote scripts did it on Microsoft Word or on a word processor, and it's not the right, you know, the right lineup. I think that's totally fine given the circumstances of this of this uh, uh, contest. But if you're writing a project that you want to take out, and it, this ties back into go look at some other scripts, and if they're capitalizing character names, just copy that. Uh, just just make your especially your first page make it look as much like the first page of whatever one best screenplay last year make it look like that uh, and that way at a glance they're automatically predisposed to assume you know what you're doing uh, and then they'll give you the benefit of the doubt when you mess up or they won't overread into things that you're actually doing really well uh, so that's a piece of advice yeah um what about log lines that was our challenge this week and they're in voting right now so people who are um wanting to vote can do that also on our Facebook. What do you suggest for writing log lines? So uh, I think key to it is you really want to give an access into what your story is. Um, I think a lot of log lines tend to over tend to forget the actual story part and just mm -hmm. want to tell you about about the world. I mean, jaw the log line for Jaws is not a shark attacks a beach town. Like that's that's kind of the world in which it's set. But I think the log line is more like, you know, uh, the, the what is he, the sheriff or chief of police, mayor, may, uh, chief of police, let's say. Whatever, yeah. Uh, the, the chief of police of a small town has to band together to convince authorities that the, the shark attacking his town is real in order to protect his family. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think giving us, give us a character and you don't need to give us names. I see a lot of log lines that have, you know, a teacher named Jane meets a mm -hmm. farmer named Bill those names are irrelevant to us until we know who they are. More important is what sets them apart. Is is she, you know, a a conservative teacher who's now in a you know, uh, like uh, dangerous like situation? Give us that. Give us a sense of what the stakes are in the Jaws thing. Tell us that there's people's lives at risk. Uh, and, and above all else, if you can, keep it to one sentence. Um, keep it keep it concise uh, a log line i mean i've read some that are very good that are two sentences it's not the end of the world but if you can keep it to a few uh keep it just to one sentence that makes it easy to read cool can you write a log line on the spot for us right now for, about, for what for, okay about a witch who makes a moonlight garden full of her potions so a log line about you is is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, sure. Um, uh, a young witch decides to break the rules of her coven by setting out to create her own moonlight garden. But as a uh, magical plant begins to take over the city, she realizes she's in over her head and may have to go back to the professors that she's ignored. Nice. Something like that. Bravo. Um, Which gardens are my forte as a writer? So you played right into. Of course, I knew that that was your genre and your. Um, what if someone already has a script and now they want to use this time to go back and improve it? What are the first things you do when you go back to look at maybe an old script or something you had put on the back burner? Uh, I think one thing you just said is key: is putting it on the back burner for a little while is mm -hmm. incredible tool um when i go back to review to review it the first recommendation i'd make is don't sit down and start rewriting page one 
I would read the whole thing first. Like just sit down, don't allow yourself to make notes, don't allow yourself to mark it up, just read it and try and read it as a reader would, pretending that you don't know anything about it. Uh, hopefully that'll allow you to see some pacing problems. Um, having other people read it is tremendously valuable. That's a, it's a nightmare. Like getting even friends to read your scripts is, uh, is always hard, but if you can get people to read it and tell them what you're looking for, like tell them, you know, ask them what works for you, what doesn't, uh, did you like this character? Like if there are things you think might be weaknesses, maybe ask about those specific things. Then once you've gotten some feedback from them, once you've, you've read it over yourself, uh, I would then sit down and save the old document, create a new one because you might like what you originally had better and go through and don't be afraid to make, to make major changes. What software do you use to write in? Uh, I use Final Draft, which is is kind of like the giant that decimated the screenwriting software industry a while ago. Uh, that said, I, I know Celtics it used to be free. I think now it's a subscription, but it's small. It's way more. It's way less cost prohibitive than Final Draft. Um, there, there's other ones too. Uh, Fade Out, I think, is one. There's one called Highland, uh, created by screenwriter John August. Um, all all of those are good. Uh, and frankly, Microsoft Word works. You're just gonna spend a heck of a lot of time moving margins back and forth. Can you show us your product placement of what you were just about to drink from? <laughs> the film matches coffee? Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll give out some of those. I think we have some more Do of those. It. For sure. um, let's see. I'll think of another question, but if anybody has anything, I see some of you guys. Hey, Dawson. Um, I don't know if you're in New York or Georgia right now. Hey, Casey. Um, so people from Georgia are watching all my fans. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. If you have any questions, you can comment them over here. They pop up as you say them. Awesome. Um, let's see. Tell Just tell us um, some more tips while we're waiting to see if any questions come in. Uh, sure. So for me, the hardest thing uh, in writing anything is just is staying motivated and is keeping myself writing. Um, so to that end, I'm an extensive pre-writer. I do a lot of outlining and like I want to know what happens on every page before I start writing it. Um, the, the tool I used to do that is just a, a spreadsheet in Microsoft Excel, although honestly, you could just do this on a sheet of paper. Uh, write the numbers like 1 through 110, assuming that your movie is going to be about an hour and 50 minutes long. And then write down what's going to happen in every minute of that movie. And it's a really good tool to see if you've got a full movie there, because there's no worse feeling than you're on page like 30 and you're almost done with your story. And then you realize you just have this disastrous fear. Do I have to go back and like make everything bigger, which is going to feel stretched and feel forced? Do I need to just what happens next, which is then going to feel kind of structurally like you know, front heavy? So to me, I, I want to go through and write out, uh, you know, everything I possibly can in advance. That way I don't get stuck during the writing process. Denzel. Yeah. Probably why you actually finish your scripts and your projects and why I finish nothing because I just start and have no idea where it's but that's, going. There is something valuable to that too. Like I, I, I'm a, on the flip side of what I've just said. I, I do think if you've got an idea rather than just letting it go, even if it doesn't quite fit, sitting down and just like hammering out a bunch of you know, thoughts about it 
can be a really good way to, to break through and like figure out what's going to happen next. I do a thing which I, I stole from someone who I can't credit because I don't remember who it was, but he called it a micro sprint. And what it is, you just sit down, you set a clock for five minutes and you write as fast as you can. And whether that's in screenplay format or in, you know, writing format, either way works. Um, and you just go as fast as you can. And I've had some great ideas that I'll, I'll start writing, you know, so like uh, she walks into her moon garden and I don't, and I'll literally write down the words. I don't know what's going to happen next, but maybe she starts digging and she unearths the roots of something. Why roots? I don't know. And I'll just keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how often like some like nugget of idea will come out of that, uh, that, that you then end up using. So though outlining helps me get through it. I, I don't think you should let not having an outline in your head or not being passionate about outlining stop you from exploring uh, writing. Cool. Uh, All right. So we've got a couple questions. Let's go to Denzel's question. Um, how to submit screenplays into festivals? And maybe you can tell us, I know you um, had a short on the festival circuit. So you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, uh, it's the first thing to do is research what festivals you want to get into. Um, and, and frankly, those questions, I just ask, literally ask Google the question, like what festivals should I submit screenplays to? And what you're going to find is a bunch of blog posts uh, that list festivals that are good recommendations, read a couple of them, and the festivals get mentioned again and again and again, look at those. Uh, another thing is to cater it to the script you've written. If you've written a horror script, uh, festivals or, or competitions like the Nichols Fellowship are kind of notoriously biased against genre scripts. Like you see dramas win year after year after year. Uh, and I get it. It's hard to vote for the movie about like the evil cat over the movie about the kids surviving cancer. Mm -hmm. I understand that. So if you've written a horror movie, uh, maybe look for festivals catered to that. Um, all of them now have online submissions, which is great. There's a couple of websites, uh, Film Freeway, Submishmash, there's a couple others that will kind of help you save a project and then just submit it a lot. Um, almost any festival site, when you go to their submissions, you know, uh, menu will tell you what, what platforms you can use to submit through them. Uh, that said, don't be discouraged when stuff doesn't get in. And frankly, if you're going to submit, especially if it's one that costs money, you might want to consider springing the extra, like it's probably twice the cost of submission to get their feedback. Cause frankly, that's probably going to be more useful. That, at least that way you get something out of it, even if you don't get in. And do bear in mind, uh, ScreenCraft is notorious for this. They have one judge read your script. And if that judge, just their ex is named Alice, and Alice is the name of your main character, and they trash your script, you don't get in, which is uh, frustrating. But mm -hmm. uh, I, my point is, go for that feedback, because at least then you're getting something out of it. Yeah. All right. Next to Dawson. Dawson asks, what do you think the hardest part about writing a movie? is just the physical action of doing it is it's so daunting and it's so long i mean it, a, a short movie is going to be 85 to 90 pages and that's just a lot and to put that in perspective that's around eighteen thousand to twenty thousand words uh, to me one one way to really help with that is breaking it into smaller pieces is like I, I do outline first as i mentioned one thing to do is say like hey look what are like my smaller arcs within this action? Like, what are the acts of this movie? And now I've got just act one and act one's going to be 25 pages. That's a way more manageable chunk than writing 90 pages. And at least that way, when you get to the end of it, you can pat yourself on the back and be like, yay, me, I finished act one and, and feel a sense of accomplishment rather than just staring at it and going, oh my God, I'm less than a third of the way through. 
So uh, just staying motivated while you plow through this marathon, I think is definitely the hardest part for me yeah. still. Cool. Uh, Stacy wants to know how many projects you work on at a time. Okay, I'm a terrible, terrible example for this. Uh, I, and I'm this way with everything. Like I like to read three books at a time because I get bored very easily. I want to like, you know, I'll literally read a chapter of one and then, okay, I'm tired of that because my attention span sucks. Um, so to that end, when I'm working on the pre-writing process, when I'm outlining, when I'm figuring out what the script's going to be, I'll have three or four that I'm, I'm juggling. And also I'll have just like this scratch pad, just other, other things that pop into my head. Uh, once I'm actually writing the physical script, I usually stick with one at a time because my goal is to get through it as fast as possible. And writing something else is, is just like an obstacle I then have to get over. So if I spend, you know, a couple weeks or a month or, or longer doing the pre-write while juggling three or four projects, once I sit down to write it, I want to write the actual words on the page in like a week. So I'm typically, if I'm sitting down, I'm forcing myself to write that document and ideally nothing else. So once I'm actually writing it, typically one. Cool. Uh, Michael has a really good question that good for you. Um, do you also write other mediums such as poetry, novels, et cetera, which the answer is yes. You write everything because you told me you were writing a ballad. <laughs> and yeah. Um, so if so, yes. Do you um, know which project is best for which medium? How do you decide that? Totally. I, I do write a lot of other stuff. Uh, lately, I've gotten into haikus just because I think they're a lot of fun. And they're quick and they're brief. And again, it's the sense of quick accomplishment. Um, I've written a couple of novels. Uh, I've written a bunch of short stories. Uh, the only thing I've never written, I've never written a play just because the structuring of it really intimidates me. So maybe I should. Um, I, I do approach them differently uh, in some ways and not others. Uh, but first though, like how to decide which a story is best for. I'm not, this is not original to me. I'm stealing it from somebody. And again, I wish I could attribute who. Uh, but someone described it like the three forms of medium, whether it's, it's play and then uh, cinema or movies and then novels uh, are each best suited to a certain type of storytelling. And a novel is best suited to internal stories. Uh, you can tell what a character is thinking because you can literally write it out on the page. Whereas in a movie or a play, that's very hard to do. Uh, plays are best suited to dialogue. It's, it's, that's all it is. It's talking. And there's, there's not a huge variety of visual changes. Uh, and if you look at a written down play, it's 90% of the words on the page are just words or dialogue rather. Uh, and then movies are best suited to action, big, big visuals. Um, because that's much harder to do than in either of the other two forms. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing to think about when I'm considering a story is if it's going to live in a character's mind, or if it's going to be all about the, the style of the word choice, that's something maybe better as a, a novel or a short story. Whereas if it's going to be about, about dialogue and about watching characters interact, that might be better for a movie. Uh, and if it's about action, I think it's almost definitely better for a movie. I unless the action's so big, you'll never be able to make it as a movie because it would cost half a billion dollars and then maybe go with a novel. And when your novel's a bestseller, then you can make your movie adaptation. Uh, as for approaching them differently, I, I do a similar thing involving breaking them down. Like when I said a screenplay is 20,000 words, a novel, a, an average length novel, not an epic fantasy is going to be around 80,000. So if you think about it, that's four screenplays worth of just physical writing. Uh, so for me, I really want to break it down into chapters again so I can pat myself on the back. Uh, 
both of my novels have been very conducive to doing that. One has a structure that follows the alphabet. So it's kind of a chapter per letter. Uh, so that divides the workload by 26. Uh, and then the other was that was a parody of an existing work. So I had the original author's chapters to kind of use as my breakdown. Um, but then when I'm and again, it's a matter of it's I outline and then I rush to write it as fast as possible, knowing I'm going to have to go back and make some tweaks. Uh, I will say that from my perspective, writing a novel is a lot harder uh, because the words on the page are what it is. Like I think writing a novel is like building a house and writing a screenplay is like drawing a blueprint. And with a screenplay, you don't have to make her outfit perfect because a costume designer and a director are going to come in. You just have to kind of give them the keywords to, to you know, steer them in the right direction. Whereas a novel, if you don't write it, it just isn't there. And I find that incredibly daunting. I have to, I just don't like taking responsibility for my failures. So, uh, cool. All right. We'll see if there's any more questions really quick. And if not, um, we'll finish up here. Do you have anything else you want to leave us with? A brilliant um, thought uh, or something? I mean, I can give some other people's brilliant thoughts. Um, I'll just plug sure. some stuff. Yeah. I, I, I finished reading a book today that I read years ago and didn't like because I thought it was kind of like wishy-washy and spiritual, which I'm not. Uh, and it, but it's this book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And he's the guy who's a novelist and a screenwriter. He wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance, uh, that Will Smith golfing movie. Um, but he's written this book, and it's about resistance and about the obstacles that, that creative people face. Uh, and it's just a really good, like, it's lots of, it's, it's not like a long book in theory. It's just a lot of very brief, like, uh, kind of inspirational ways to view your resistance to sitting down and writing. Uh, and I find that incredibly valuable. And then also what I'm listening to right now is a podcast called Writing Excuses, which is, it's it's for novelists, but I think most of what they say applies to, to screenwriters as well. And what it is, is it's, it's four or five novelists, including Brandon Sanderson, uh, very famously of, of the Mistborn fantasy series. And they just talk about you know, how do they come up with ideas? How, once they have an idea, you know, what do they do with it? Uh, how do you make it through like the long middle of a project? And they're very, A, they're very funny and very relatable, but also they're very aware of their, their craft and their process. Uh, and it's just a, a great way to listen to people who are facing the same obstacles as you and how they're surmounting them. So cool. writing, check that out and War of Art. All right, there's another one. I don't know if it's by the same person and I don't know who, um, who wrote it at all, but it's called Art and Fear and it mm. sounds, a lot like that um, when you're yeah, I'm not familiar with it, but that's, kind of just I'll, I'll inspirational. I think it's um, I read it in theater school, so I think maybe it was originally for actors and theater people, but it's um, pretty good. Wait, hold on, we have a, a very vague question. Oh, and a more oh, specific more. Dawson, do you have any suggestions for me? Uh, yeah, here's a great one. Um, and this is from some other podcast I can't credit. Uh, Practice productive procrastination. If you are not letting yourself sit down and write, instead do something that's also benefiting you, uh, whether that's just like cleaning up your workspace or doing the chores you're going to have to do later uh, or watching something like this interview we're doing now or, or listening to a podcast, like do something instead of, you know, just turning on Tiger King again, instead do something that, that helps the writing that you will eventually get around to doing later. Michael. 
What's he got? Where do you begin when you have a script you love but need to push it in another direction for marketability? How do you ensure you maintain the heart and appeal of the project while pushing it farther when you may not know exactly what the, what that needs to be? Uh, okay, I guess this depends on whether the script is, is written and done yet or whether it's just an idea you have. Um, if, if it's an idea you have, I would advocate almost ignoring marketability. Bear in mind that the things that are marketable are usually marketable because they work and they appeal to people. So I wouldn't dismiss outright. I wouldn't say like Steven Spielberg's bad and and you know someone who doesn't and David Lynch is good. Uh, but it's your script, and I think if you're faking it in a marketable direction, if you're writing in like a vampire love triangle because that sells well, uh, it's a it's going to be harder for you to write because you're not going to feel motivated. B it's going to sound disingenuous probably. Um, so I, I would recommend ignoring marketability as much as you can. If you've got a script that you have, uh, I mean, I would certainly ask people for their advice in terms of how to make it more marketable. And, and I would listen to that advice if they say, like, you kill a kitten halfway through. No one wants to watch the Killing a Kitten movie. Uh, yeah, I would, I would certainly consider it and look at whether or not removing the kitten death makes your movie worse or better. Uh, again, though, I, I think if you disagree with the markability suggestions, I would largely ignore them. Huge caveat, unless they're paying you. <laughs> if they're paying you, then it's now theirs and do whatever they say. And frankly, I find writing within writing according to rules, writing according to suggestions, especially ones I disagree with, to be a really good way to grow. Uh, if someone says, like, I love your script, but it'd be better if all of the characters were vampires and that completely doesn't work, it's an interesting challenge to find a way to make it work. And again, if they're paying you, awesome. Their wish is your command. So, uh, yeah, I do what they say. Yeah, I can tell you don't worry much about marketability when you write because you're ready to kill, like, every character. Children. It's, yeah, it's fine. So I write a, a bunch of stuff on commission. <laughs> A lot of it for TV, for Lifetime, and mm -hmm. for, uh, for for Now Bounce TV, and I've written some stuff for Sci-Fi uh, Channel. And they all have extremely specific, not just act structures, they have an eight or nine act structure dependent on commercial breaks. Uh, but they have like, it's almost Mad Libs, like what has to happen at each point in each thing. So you're writing according to very specific rules. Then when I write for myself, a lot of the times, like I... I almost actively write with this perspective of like, I am writing something that cannot ever be made or sold. Um, whether it's just politically insane or whether it's, you know, unafraid to be uh, really bizarrely comedic. Uh, so yeah, so I think gauging the degree of marketability very much depends on, on what your goal for the project is. If you're writing it for you, just, just go write it as, as best you can. And there's somebody else out you like out there like you, who will hopefully you know it'll be marketable to them, and uh, and and that's something. It makes what you're doing unique and different. All right, so I think we'll wrap it up. Um, I don't see any more questions popping up. So thank you, David, for coming to our Q and A today. Um, and thank you everybody for watching and for asking your questions and. Stay following our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram because that's where we're posting all of our lives and all of our challenges. So, yeah, we'll head off. All right. Well, thank you, Devin, and thank you, everybody that uh, came out to listen.